The Dodgers made a trade on Wednesday. Not quite the names we're looking for, but is there something to when Andrew Friedman makes a trade is that he is always going to win? We'll talk about that. The MLB website put out a power rankings, and the Dodgers are not number one. Do we have an issue with that? And somebody has predicted Walker Buehler to win Cy Young. Is that something that could happen? We're going to get into all that, so make sure to get Locked On Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, 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 Dodger fans, welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. This is the daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. You can find us wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked on Dodgers. And if you want to become an everydayer, that is someone who listens or watches every day, you just have to listen or watch every day. Remember, we're on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. If this is your first time listening or watching, welcome. I'm Vince Samperio, joined with my co-host, Jeff Snyder. And we're both lifelong Dodger fans that have been covering the team for quite a while now in different capacities for different outlets. Uh, but we're here with Locked On Dodgers now. We're not quite insiders, but we're here to bring you what we believe are some smart knowledgeable and rational takes about the Dodgers and uh, maybe sometimes a little irrational depending on the time of year. And we're here to talk about the Dodgers again today. There was no groundbreaking news, but the Dodgers did complete a trade. Brian Hudson, who was designated for assignment last week when they officially signed Yoshinobu Yamamoto, uh, they would, the Dodgers would have 10 days to either trade him or release him or outright him. Uh, it looks like the trade route is the way they went. They are sending him to the Brewers in exchange for a 2023 draft pick, Justin Chambers, and a player to be named later or cash considerations. As we know, Hudson pitched a little bit for the Dodgers last year. He did really well for OKC last year, but uh, you know, just didn't have the room on the roster, especially when they needed, especially without a trade happening to open up the spot for Yamamoto. And the guy they got back uh, was a 20th round pick in this year's draft, but he signed for a lot more than 20th round money, right, Jeff? Yeah, he got about half a million bucks in signing bonus. Normally, I mean, realistically, normally 20th round picks don't sign. Uh, the 20th round these days is the last round, especially 20th round picks out of high school generally don't sign because, well, teams don't often draft. Usually those last rounds are mostly – uh, fourth year college guys who don't really have uh, any options, uh, college seniors, so they can't go back to school. And so you you take those guys because either they sign or or they don't, but it's not that big a deal. Taking a high school guy there, he was committed to go to ASU, uh, but he had Tommy John surgery. Uh, I think it was last January, uh, so it's been you know about a year now. Uh, he missed basically his whole senior season after having Tommy John surgery. And uh, the Brewers liked him enough that they paid him half a million bucks, which is about fourth or fifth round money uh, to skip college and and sign with them. 
he hasn't debuted yet because he's still recovering from his Tommy John surgery. Uh, but the fact that the Brewers thought so highly of him, one report I saw said that he has a high 80s fastball that has touched 90. But then our buddy at Futures Dodgers said that uh, he actually touched 94 shortly before the elbow injury. And that that's a big difference, you know. And, and we're talking about a, a high school, uh, you know, a senior at the time. Uh, he was only 17 years old. He he turned 18, uh, I think, after the draft. He he's relatively young, either right before the draft or or right after. Uh, so he he's a young guy and still some uh, room to grow. He's six foot two, but uh, what they call projectable, meaning he's going to fill out some uh, and, and get stronger. And so if he really was hitting 94 as a senior when he's still skinny and and hasn't gotten his man strength yet. Uh, and had an arm issue that eventually led to Tommy John surgery. It's not crazy to think this could be a guy who does end up throwing 97. You know, it, it, there's some similarities to Walker Bueller. When the Dodgers drafted Walker Bueller, they knew he needed Tommy John surgery and he threw harder after Tommy John surgery than he ever did in college. Uh, he wasn't, you know, and, and Bueller ended up throwing 100 miles an hour. Uh, he didn't throw anywhere near 100 in college, even before he was injured. And so, uh, you know, it's a little bit different because Chambers is quite a bit younger. But, you know, there's a lot to like about uh, Justin Chambers. And or it's understandable why the Dodgers were interested in him. And in a way, it's a little bit uh, wild that the Brewers liked him enough to pay him so much over slot and then traded him for Brian Hudson. Uh, you know, th but the fact is Brian Hudson is a big league reliever right now. And Justin Chambers is still several years from the major leagues if he ever does make it. And so uh, sometimes you trade for what you need right now. Yeah, it's one of those Dodger trades that we've gotten accustomed to, at least, you know, by by definition of what it looks like right now. They traded somebody that you know, had no value to them on the roster, not enough to stay on the roster, for a guy that was, you know, by some accounts, number one left-handed, High school pitcher uh, coming out of coming out of high school, going into the draft, guy that got you know fourth or fifth round money, um, and the guy that you know bypassed that to bypass school in order to to join the big league rank or the professional rank. So on its head like that, when you read it, it looks like one of those where a few years down the line we're going to be like, oh man, the Dodgers got you know Brian H or Justin Chambers for Brian Hudson, uh, similar to you know River Ryan for Matt Beatty, and you know back back more. Uh, you know, Chris Taylor for Zach Lee in a different sense. So Nick it looks Frosso. like one of those. Yeah, Nick Frost. Yeah, it looks like one of those trades. Um, and I guess, you know, for us, it's kind of like we 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 are very appreciative of Andrew Friedman even before this past offseason and everything like that. But uh, now it seems like he's going to get his flowers for every single deal they make, regardless of anything without, you know, really knowing and not that this trade won't work out but it's just funny how kind of the narrative has shifted a little bit where it was before there was people praising friedman for these types of trades uh but then there were still people that you know just didn't care to either mention it or anything and now it looks like universal praise and all the dodgers got a steal when probably nobody had heard of justin chambers before yes uh, before the trade Yeah, in a way, it makes sense. I mean, the fact is the Dodgers DFA'd Brian Hudson, and so if they didn't trade him, they were going to get nothing for him. 
And so getting anything for him is a win. Uh, but it, it, it was kind of funny to see how eager we are to just declare Justin Chambers the next River Reiner, Nick Frosso, like you said. And, and the fact is, the most likely outcome is that we never think about Justin Chambers again um, because most pitching prospects don't pan out. Uh, and especially guys who have Tommy John surgery when they're 17 years old, uh, you know, there, there's, there's a chance for sure. And it's not a, not a close to zero chance. There's a real chance that he ends up being good, but there's also a, probably a better chance that uh, something or other goes wrong. Either he gets hurt again, or he just, doesn't progress. Uh, and so, you know, uh, yeah, kudos to Andrew Friedman for getting a deal done, uh, and, and making this trade. Uh, but we probably ought to hold off on, uh, on a little bit just because, you know, it, it's good to be excited too. And, and I don't want to, I don't want to yuck anybody's yum as they say, uh, or pee in anybody's Cheerios, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, probably good to temper our expectations for Justin Chambers. Yeah. All right, so there was some maybe tempered expectations, depending on how you feel, from MLB.com. They put out some power rankings as of right now, and the Dodgers were not sitting number one. We'll talk about who was sitting number one and if we believe that's right. So make sure to keep it locked on, Dodgers. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. This weekend's kind of tough. Uh, week 18, not everybody's playing all their starters. Some teams are locked into their playoff spots, but still, it doesn't matter because new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Not win a $5 bet. All you have to do is place a $5 bet. So you don't even have to know who's playing. You don't even have to know you know which starters are playing you don't have to know anything other than i can put a bet down for five bucks and i'll get 150 in bonus bets back for me win or lose and it's perfect because 150 bucks can be used to actually gain some more uh because on the on the fanduel app it's easy to build out some same game parlays where you're picking things to happen in the same game you can go to the explore tab and find bets that other people are making or, or popular bets that are being made and join in on those action or you can make a parlay in the parlay hub where you're picking multiple teams to win or lose or over-unders and all that type of stuff. So go check out FanDuel right now and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet right now. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. We want to thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen of the day. If we're not your first listen of the day, Check us out if uh, if you have time in the morning, whether you're going to work, getting ready for work, getting ready for school, getting your kids ready for school, making breakfast, going to the gym, whatever the case is. We're here for you about 30 minutes every Monday through Friday. And if not, you can still become or still be in every day or by listening or watching every day, even if it's not in the morning. Remember, we're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, who have two 24 stream events, streaming channels, Lockdown Sports Today and Lockdown Sports Los Angeles on YouTube, where you can go get news around the clock from around the sports world and around the LA sports world. And now we talk about power rankings, which are uh, you know pretty fun to talk about on January 3rd with still impact players on the market. But MLB.com put out there, some other publication put out there, MLB.com is a, a, you know, a little more generally used by, by us. And they do not have the Dodgers as the number one team right now. They have the Atlanta Braves as the number one team. Dodgers number two, Texas Rangers number three. 
we don't really care when after it gets past the Dodgers at number two. So, Jeff, is it something not not that worried about? But do you agree with the rankings that they have right now? You know, I I definitely don't disagree with it. In fact, I we, we've spent in the last several off seasons talking about how winning the off season doesn't actually mean anything, and so. Uh, I, I think it's good to temper expectations again here. Maybe that's my theme for today is tempering expectations. Uh, I do expect the Dodgers to uh, be the best team in baseball this year, but I also, I, I don't necessarily want all of that uh, target on their back right from the start. And the fact is the, the Braves were a better team than the Dodgers last year. And the Braves have added Chris sale. Uh, they've added, who else did they add? They oh Jared Kelnick. Um, so you know they've they've been making some moves. Uh the Braves are gonna be really, really good. And uh I am perfectly fine with the Braves being the team that everybody's looking to dethrone, uh, at least right now. And the Dodgers can, you know, wait until they're, you know, uh 84 and one at the all-star break or whatever it is, uh, then people can start thinking about them. But, but for now, I'm actually a little bit uh, relieved or happy that the Dodgers aren't number one in the power rankings. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, this is obviously a Dodgers podcast, but we're not a Dodger, you know, we're not paid by the Dodgers so we can speak freely here. And I think that the Braves being over the Dodgers is not necessarily a slight in any way. I don't think it's a, you know, I wouldn't say that it's right or wrong. I just feel like it's justified. There's, there's a lot of ways to justify the Braves being number one over the Dodgers. Just like there's ways you can justify the Dodgers being number one over the Braves. And I think for the Braves, I do think they have a longer lineup right now in, in the sense of uh, having more guys that were good last year or that are a little bit, maybe more consistent where the Dodgers have, I think, you know, one through three, they're they're not – you can't beat them there. But if you go one through seven, maybe, is where the Braves maybe went out a little bit, even one through eight. And that and that's something that the Dodgers' offseason isn't done. I think the Braves' offseason is done in terms of offensive players. I don't think the Dodgers' offense or, or offseason is done in terms of offensive players, so that could change. On the pitching side, they both have their issues. Um, and – I think the Dodgers bullpen might be slightly better than the Braves bullpen, but the Braves also have guys that they got this offseason that could help out, especially, you know, they've they've done a good job with bullpen in the past in terms of finding these guys that that maybe aren't as heralded, kind of like the Dodgers, and putting them in good spots. And, you know, last year that might have been their weakest spot uh, was, well, starting pitch ended up being weak because of injuries and everything else going into the postseason. But, you know, bullpen was kind of their weakest spot everyone thought going into it so yeah i don't see an issue with it and as we know on paper and rankings and everything else doesn't matter when it comes down to it in terms of teams playing each other in october but uh what else are we going to talk about on january 3rd when nothing else is going on yeah it is interesting to see where the rest of the national league west lines up uh the d-backs obviously took out the dodgers last year and made it to the world series uh they are ranked number nine here uh behind the yankees uh i'm i find that a little bit interesting I mean, the yankees did add juan soto that's definitely a big big deal um uh i i wonder if d-backs fans are feeling a little bit disrespected uh, but the fact is the d-backs overperformed last october uh they probably weren't a world series quality team they were probably quality wise uh somewhere between 
the 84 win team that they were in the regular season and then the team that went to the World Series. Uh, and and so and the Yankees were probably better than the team that uh, finished what with 82 and 80 or something last year. So uh, not crazy. Then you got the Padres at number 16, the Giants at number 22, and the Rockies not in last place because the A's still exist, but coming in at a, a steady number 29. Excuse me, 29. Uh, it's uh, last year we talked about the Dodgers coming in as not the favorites in the National League West. That will not be the case this year. Yeah, and and that's a, that's a game like we know that I don't expect any team to really come close to the Dodgers in the regular season, and it's one of those where you know we've seen that before and we've had that happen before, and yeah, the the D backs they've made a couple moves, you know Eduardo Rodriguez, they probably need to pick up the offensive. I don't know what uh, you know why they haven't signed JD Martinez yet. It, it just seems to make too much sense on their end, but yeah, for the Dodgers, it's one of those where. Again, last season isn't done. The, these power rankings could be different in a month if more deals get made. And again, it's all based on you know projections and projecting how teams are going to be and everything else. And you know, if you think the Braves are going to win 104 games and the Dodgers are going to win 103, or the Braves are going to win 105 and the Dodgers are going to win 105, like you know, they're, they're you're splitting hairs at that point. I do think they're the top two teams in the National League right now and should be through like that throughout the regular season. Uh, you know, the Phillies could be right there. Uh, they probably make another move, I would imagine. Um, and then you got, you know, the D-backs, see how they do the Central. I don't see anyone in the Central really being a threat to be the best team in the National League. Uh, but, you know, they, you never know who will emerge from there. The the Reds made some decent moves that if their young guys step up, they could, you know, become a threat at the very least. Uh, Brewer, you know, there, there's just a bunch of teams out there. So, it is interesting right now, like to put out power rankings, because like I said, there is still there's at least five to six people that could swing a divisional race, uh, depending on which division they go to, or could swing a race in terms of that next playoff spot. And there's still a lot of that to get into. And Jeff Passon had put out an article early in the day, kind of going through that and kind of seeing, you know, why is it so slow and everything else. And it's a little slower than before um but nothing like dramatically slower than before if we get here another three weeks into it and some of these guys haven't signed uh then we'll probably see more think pieces about that yeah i'm kind of interested to see how the braves do because you know one of the key points in this article is that they are returning almost everybody from the team that won 104 games last year which is true but if you look at their team last year it's like uh orlando arcia hit much better than he has for most of his career Marcelo Zuna hit much better than he has the last couple of years. Uh, Michael Harris was terrible for the first half of the season, then on fire the second half of the season. Which one is the real Michael Michael Harris? You know, so there's there's quite uh, Sean Murphy too uh, was really good the first half and then struggled quite a bit the second half. Uh, so even though and and then there's Eddie Rosario who uh, has turned into a pumpkin more times than than I can count in his career. Uh, so. While they're returning the same team, they don't necessarily have much depth beyond their starters. And uh, obviously, everybody expects Ronald Acuna and Ozzy Albies and Austin Riley and Matt Olson to be awesome. Uh, and you know, but beyond that, there there are definitely some question marks. And and so the Dodgers have different question marks and probably bigger question marks. But uh, I definitely think that. Uh, the Braves are a team with a lot of potential for some regression. If 
one or more of those guys uh, have serious regressions to what they've been more recently. Yeah. There was more predictions from MLB.com. This one specifically about awards and it has Walker Bueller winning Cy Young in 2024. How do we feel about that? How did he come to that conclusion? We're going to get into that. So make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. Locked on Dodgers is here for you every Monday through Friday for about 30 minutes. Become an everydayer by listening or watching every day. You can find us wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked on Dodgers. And if you want to go beyond the podcast, you can with subtext. You can go to joinsubtext.com slash Locked on Dodgers and get in a text thread with us and talk to us beyond the show, uh, you know, in, in quick reactions to things that happen, questions that you may have that, you know, maybe don't necessarily deserve a full podcast segment or segments or questions that do deserve a, a full podcast segment or topics and things of that nature. You can get behind the scenes with us and see what we're thinking. And, uh, you know, it, it's a cool little way to go beyond what you get from us. Uh, that's less interactive when we're just here talking to you or at you and you can talk to us. So go check that out. Join subtext.com slash lockdown Dodgers. All right, Jeff. So Anthony Castrovins put out some predictions for the 2024 season, and he had Walker Bueller as his National League Cy Young pick. A little bold, but he had some justification for it that I believe you have in front of you. Yeah, and you know he had a couple key points. One was that last year's National League Cy Young race, Blake Snell won it with, you know the weirdest season ever to win a Cy Young award. It was the highest walk rate of any pitcher who's ever won the Cy Young. Uh, it was, he almost won it by default because everybody else who was in the running had blemishes. And, and so we, and we don't even know if Blake Snell is going to be in the national league next year. That's, that's part of it. Who knows what league he's going to be in. And the other guys, as Castro Vince says, the other guys who got votes, Logan Webb, Zach Gallon, Spencer Strider, Justin Seals, Zach Wheeler, Kodai Senga, Corbin Burns, they all are probably going to be good again next year, uh, but uh, none of them just scream front runner. And then talking about Bueller, uh, he does mention he predicted Bueller to win the Cy Young Award in both 2021 and 2022. Bueller maybe deserved it in 2021. It was he finished fourth, uh, uh, maybe got robbed a little bit. It, it was it was a close one. Uh, and then he blew out his elbow, obviously, in, in 2022. Uh, but uh, he he mentions that, you know, Justin Verlander won the Cy Young Award coming back from Tommy John surgery. And specifically because there's so like there's no standout candidates. Uh, Kasserins thinks that, you know, we, we talked a lot last year, uh, you know, two years ago with Julio. Um, with with Dodger pitchers in general, that the way the Dodgers do things, it's going to be hard for any Dodgers pitcher to win the Cy Young Award because they're not going to throw 220 innings. Uh, Sandy Alcantara won it over Julio because he threw so many more innings, and he deserved it over Julio uh, because of those innings. But uh, Castorant says the Dodgers will be careful with him, especially early, but Snell's two wins are evidence of how workload has been devalued in this voting. And so basically he says... Uh, he thinks that Bueller has stands a good chance of having ridiculous enough rate stats to earn the honor, despite having maybe a lower inning count. And you know, if Bueller comes back healthy, 
I don't think anything that Casper Vince said is wrong. I don't know that I would necessarily predict him to win the Cy Young Award, but you know, the, the nature of January predictions is to have some hot takes there. Uh, and, and so predicting somebody super obvious is no fun, doesn't make for a good article. Uh, but also, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if Bueller is healthy. Uh, he is really, really, really good when he's healthy, one of the best pitchers in baseball. And if he can come back and be that pitcher, uh, I, I wouldn't bet against him, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I think in terms of him being good and returning to form, I'm not as concerned about that. And especially for him, you know, just kind of the mentality he has. He's that guy. Like like we talked about after the playoffs, like the Dodgers had that guy with that mentality that, you know, never say die, bulldog, whatever cliche you want to say. Like, Walker really was that guy. He gutted them through some performances in the postseason and got them to places, you know, in the postseason, helped get them there. So I don't bet against him for sure. I would bet against him having enough, like, even with the lowered amount of innings that, you know, Blake Snell had last year to win it. He mentioned Justin Verlander in 2022, I think, had 175 innings. I don't know if the Dodgers let Walker Bueller throw 100, even, even 150 innings and not in the sense of, like, once he gets going, I don't think they're going to slow him down, but I don't know how long they're going to take to let him get going. Like, is, you know, if they're going to slow play him through April, through May, are they going to have him on a strict pitch count early in the year? They're going to have him on a, you know, innings count, whatever the case is. That's where it would go awry for me in terms of picking him. But yeah, the stuff I, I would bet against him in that sense. And again, if he does only slow play for like a month, maybe six weeks and then gets it going and then is, you know, the Walker Bueller that we know and love, I definitely think he would have a chance at that point because guys have, you know, Kershaw won it missing a few weeks before Justin Verlander, you know, Blake Snow didn't really miss that much time last year, but again, wasn't going deep into games. But if Walker Bueller can get going in, in early May, throwing six innings to start the way he can throw, um, and again, nobody else stands out in the National League. You know, Sandy Alcantara won't be there next year. He He's out with injury. You know, Corbin Burns will be, you know, struggled a little bit last year. He'll be on a contract year. So, you know, maybe he does have something going for him. And some of these other guys, you know, Max Freed uh, will be in the contract year. So there'll be other guys having things going for them. But, yeah, I wouldn't bet against Wheeler's stuff. It's just I don't know if he'll – even with every caveat that we can put, I still don't know if the Dodgers will let him throw that much. Yeah. Uh, in the last six years, we have had the four uh, Cy Young seasons with the fewest innings pitched. Uh, and that's not counting 2020, uh, you know, not counting any shortened seasons, but uh, starting pitchers winning the Cy Young in uh, in a full season. The fewest innings ever was Corbin Burns with 167 innings in 2021. And then Justin Verlander with 175 in 2022. And then Blake Snell's two, 180 innings last year, 182 thirds in 2018. That's the four lowest innings counts uh, for Cy Young winning starting pitchers. And 167 is the, the fewest. And I'd be shocked if Walker Bueller throws even 167 innings. And so, you know, like you said, 150 might be stretching it, uh, you know, but let, let's say he, he pitched. Well, I mean, you look at it this way, no pitchers ever, no starting pitchers ever won the Cy Young award without qualifying for the ERA title, which is 162 innings. Uh, is Walker Bueller going to be so good that he, uh, can win it even without qualifying for the ERA title. 
that seems unlikely to me. And so, I mean, he would have to be like so much better. If he say he gets to 150 innings, he'd have to have an ERA under two, I would think to, to even get consideration. Unless all these guys we're talking about gallon and Burns and all of them just, just crap the bed. And, you know, they all have ERAs of three and a half. Uh, you know, uh, obviously it's a comparative award. It's, it's not how good are you? It's, are you better than the other guys? And so a lot of this does depend on how good the other guys are, but, uh, I have a hard time seeing Bueller being so much better than everybody else that it will make up for the, uh, what we expect to be a severe lack of volume. Yeah. Especially considering who he's going up against just on his own team. I mean, Yamamoto, Glasnow, even Bobby Miller are all guys you could see being top five Cy Young candidate, uh, you know, depending. And, and obviously would probably have more innings. Glasnow threw the most innings he ever has in his career last year, 120. But he says, he, you know, feeling stronger than ever. Yamamoto's a guy that's used to pitching, uh, you know, seven innings almost every game and 120 pitches. I, I don't know how far the Dodgers let him go in that sense. And then Bobby Miller, like, you know, if he can put together a couple of things, and have a full season behind him, you know, there's no telling what he can do. So not that Cy Young is, is exactly like that, where you can kind of pull votes from each, each other. But I mean, Kershaw Grinky did kind of pull votes from each other before. Um, and it, it is possible. So it's one of those where, yeah, it would be tough, but uh, you know, if Walker Buehler can have the numbers of a Cy Young candidate and just not the innings, but is ready to go once we get to the end of the season, then that's more than, uh, more than we need. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely take that. I, I don't think either of us is too concerned about uh, individual awards for, especially that particular award for that particular player. You know, I hope Shohei Otani wins the MVP award, uh, and I hope that Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts push him, and they finish you know one, two, three in the in the voting. Um, but yeah, when it comes to Cy Young award, just because there is so much built into the voting that just doesn't mesh with the Dodgers' current philosophy. I'm not too worried about it. Yeah. So that's it for today, Jeff. You got anything else? Uh, not much news wise, but we did get some predictions. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. I, I think that's it for me. It's uh, yeah. Predictions are always fun. And uh, you know, we can always look back on this episode when the Dodgers are 84 and one of the all-star break or whatever. And, uh, and say, how's those power rankings looking now? MLB.com. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely look forward to that. Uh, in terms of free agency, like I said, we don't know what's going to happen in terms of trades. I'm not sure it's going to happen. But one thing we do know is that a week from today, we will know where Imanaga is, is going to sign because his date uh, is January 11th for him to officially be signed. So we'll know that in a week, uh, whether it's Dodgers or somebody else. And, and we'll probably know it before that because, yeah, you know, yes, we need time to take physicals and get the paperwork done. So, yeah, so we should know before that. So, We'll see what happens. We'll just sit here and waiting, and we'll keep coming back talking to you about the Dodgers and different ways to make the Dodgers better or different things surrounding the Dodgers. So make sure to be coming every day or by listening or watching to Locked On Dodgers every day. We're here for you every Monday through Friday for about 30 minutes. You can find us wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Remember, Locked On has two 24-7 streaming channels, Locked On Sports Los Angeles and Locked On Sports Today. Both are on YouTube going all day long with news and shows from around the leagues and from around L.A. sports 
uh, you know, locked on Rams, locked on Lakers, locked on Dodgers, all the other teams that are in Los Angeles that you may not be fans of, but you'll find one eventually that you're a fan of. So go check that out. Remember, you can get beyond the podcast with us and become a locked on Dodgers insider at joinsubtext.com slash locked on Dodgers. And you can text with us and influence the show sometimes. So go make sure to check that out. You can find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Dodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vincent's91. You can DM either of us with any questions, comments, or concerns. You can also send those via email, LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com, or via voicemail text at 323-863-5625. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us when you get in your car or if you're at home. Take my device for the podcast, Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow.